And now, live from Isolation Station in Burbank, California, it's the Plague Week 12 of the Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes her guest. She's a comedian who wants you all to be safe, and please, please, please don't blame the police dogs. It's Renee Colbert. And he's a writer and photographer who's toured with bands like Motion City Soundtrack and Guns N' Roses. It's Brian Keith Diaz. Tone Zone is out here shaking things up, making some noise, and generally just having a difficult time on the toilet. I'm her husband, Daniel, saying hop on board the love bike and bring hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Hello, my little peach hand pies. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. That particular delicious from the Google image search I did, sounding and looking carbohydrate, was sent in on Patreon. Patreon! By Shanna. And yes, I did select it because to me, peach hand pies sounds a little bit obscene. But they're not obscene. They're like a little crescent-shaped... Um, pastry item but anyway that's beside the point were you scared to do that google search (laughs) a little bit no i didn't know what i was gonna find um but uh i'm on patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen all sorts of of fun stuff on there including this very uh recording the video from the recording which I feel like is going swimmingly so far, despite the fact that we've had a lot of technical difficulties, which you're none the wiser that we've had them. But I will say, if you go to Patreon, you can see this is week two of me not wearing my goth black uniform. This is Project Summer Allison. <laughs> I'm wearing a color yet again. I'm a little bit uncomfortable in it. I don't know. I don't know where this is headed, but... <laughs> I realized too late I could have been a girl next door. And so now that's my goal is to be that person. Also, in the midst of all this important talk about the color of my shoulders, which is kind of all you're seeing, <laughs> um, the world's on fire. It's a very crazy time. So we'll get into that a little bit. But also, we will have fun. Uh, we'll do we'll do it all. Allow me to say hello to my guests. Hello and welcome back, Renee Colvert. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, what is the punishment for a friend who did not recognize your new shoulders? Because I feel guilty. And like I should have said, oh, d- would you look at you. And I didn't. And I should yeah. have. Because and now that I see it, I love it. You didn't even say anything like, oh, you look great. Leaving me to wonder, like, is that a comment about my makeup, my hair, my weight? <laughs> what do you mean? Right. But I just, I, I said nothing. I said nothing. I just, uh, I just Googled how to fix Zoom and suggested that Tony unplug his headphones. So I was useless <laughs> for the whole setup of this. I think we should throw you it tried. to the whole show what the punishment for not recognizing. Okay, we're not recognizing be. your new shoulders. Okay, fair. But I'm in trouble. I just want to make sure that <laughs> right. that's, that is the one thing we know is that I'm I, definitely in trouble with you. I think I have to toggle and just shut your screen off. Okay. <laughs> Probably All smart. Right. Yeah, for the best. Uh, Tone Zone, hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, I'm 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 trying to not feel terrible all the time. It's a little harder right now, but uh, I need some I need some fun right now. So you guys better have some fun Bring with me. It. 
Okay. Well, we have a newcomer to the show, Brian Keith Diaz, who is a longtime friend of Tony. He's a photographer. He is someone who, when I was getting ready to literally blow the dust off my guitar from back when I was in a band getting ready for Sketchfest where the Angoras reunited, um, I needed to have a professional uh clean it up and like fix anything that was broken because it had been sitting there for years and years and years. And Brian did that. So he and I go back sort of a tiny bit, um, but he's a multi hyphenate in the time before we started uh, recording this, but just minutes before when mostly we were just trying to figure out why nothing technical was working. I found out that he's written a book, but he tried to make it like a no big deal thing by being like, Oh, it's just a short book. He's also, Oh fuck! A, what were all the multi hyphenates? He's also a musician. I'm a, a musician. He's a musician. Yeah, a musician, a touring person, a a writer. Um, I I I'm on podcasts once in a while. I don't know what the, a podcast guest <laughs> here and there. Your podcast, professional, professional podcast, podcast guest. guest. So wait, though, what? What do you like? What's your? What do you make I, your living from? I do, Not that that is a measure of a person. <laughs> I, I do make my living from touring with with uh, with bands. Some of the you know, some that's mo- that's mostly my living, and that has gone away because of um, right something that's going on right now. Um, so I <laughs> don't do that really anymore. I've kind of shifted to photography as a as a thing, whether it's commercial photography or just my own. My only thing that I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, prints and you know whatever keep whatever's keeps me busy here. Well, and you took a shot at the protest, um, which you're selling and raising a bunch of money for Black Lives Matter, yes. which we'll get into in a second. But I have to go back because otherwise I'll forget um, because my brain is still Swiss cheese mm. right now. All our brains are. So touring with <laughs> bands, <laughs> yeah, we have quarantine brain. <laughs> Touring with bands and working as a tech or working as a photographer? I've done both. both. I've, wor- I've shot artists on tour and also worked for them, whether it's uh, as a tech, as a tour manager, a lot of, a lot of different uh, areas of that. Cause I've been, I mean, it's been so long since I – mostly it's as a, a guitar tech. So I – Do you go on the bus? Oh, I'm a, <laughs> with them? <laughs> I love that. That's a question that people ask and it's just it's, – to me, it's a, like – like yeah, of course I do, but he's like, well, I don't oh, know. No, they might like have some, like a, a, a U-Haul no, in the back that, that you go yeah. in. <laughs> I ride in the trailer. They, I don't know. We can strap you to the roof. There's there. options. <laughs> Come on. No, I mean, some of the bigger artists, you know, they have their own bus or whatever. But I, you know, if it's, you know, I I did at one point tour with Tony. That's how I we know each other. I mean, we knew each other before Many that, times. but I, I toured with his band, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, we were all in one bus we were in one bus recently mm-hmm. you, that was yeah. this year you can, you oh my god that was the- this year <laughs> that seemed like it was four thousand years ago oh yeah god. anyway it's insane sorry yeah who were some of the other bands that you um i mainly i tour with uh the the band fallout boy i toured them mm. i've been with them for about 13 years um i toured with guns and roses uh holy shit one Seal toured with Primus. Seal. Oh yeah, Seal. <laughs> nice. Keep saying it over and over again because it's just very strange. <laughs> then we're um, gonna... oh no, what were you gonna say, Tony? Oh no, I was just I was try- I was trying to help think of otherwise. I was gonna say Bush. Bush. Also, Bush was a lot. They were the last guy oh. I did a, a show with. 
did the rodeo. No, Vegas. Uh, well, very different. Oh yeah, that was like yeah. right before all it this started too, right? It was like a too, couple right? days before everything kind of just started to like fall apart. <laughs> what two questions? Uh, what was the hardest tour? And also, have you ever seen Tony wear a bathrobe? <laughs> I'm going to start with number two. I think I have. Were you in Japan? Not in Japan. In in Hawaii, did I see you wear a bathrobe? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I think it was maybe a muscle tee or something. response. You wore something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You wore a ridiculous tank top that I had as a joke. Yes. (laughs) I put on a, a, a white tank top. That said, uh, was you, up you were, on you it. Super <laughs> sunburned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like and like farmer, tan, but farmer burn. Yeah. I'll find that pig. I'll dig that picture up for everybody. Oh, please do. What's the first question? I've seen. T- the first question oh, was, the "What's hardest the hardest tour. tour? What was the hardest tour?" Ooh, I mean, the some of the stuff I did with Seal was very difficult because it was. He kind of just goes to like non-standard places. Like we did, uh, we went to South America and went right from South America to Russia, and it was like, it was just really, it was very difficult. As he, he's, I mean, he is who he is. Very, everything's very particular, and you know, I mean, he's nice. I don't know if I'd ever. Tour Didn't again, you? But I don't even know if I'll ever tour again. What was ever. Ax- <laughs> What was Axel Rose like? Uh, He's fine. He's like tells dumb like dad jokes. That's one thing people don't know. If anybody learns anything about Axl Rose from this is that he tells dad jokes and he thinks he's very funny. And everyone I kind of you kind of just have to laugh at him because you're like, oh, you're fucking Axl Rose. Like, because I'm just laughing at this now. Do you um, and I'm putting you on the spot. Oh so apologies in advance. Do you remember any of them? Um, OK, we were I in. That. In Madrid, and we were, it was a festival that they were headlining. This was 2018. And the festival site is built next to a sewage treatment plant. So you can imagine what this smells like all day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes to the stage, and there's all these like talkback mics around the stage. So, like, you can press a button and you can talk to everybody in their ears, and you know. So like if you want to skip mm-hmm. a song or whatever, he comes out, he comes to the stage. He's about 10 minutes late. Big shocker. Um, he <laughs> comes out the first. That's pretty good for him. First, 10 is yeah, not actually, bad. He's, yeah. He's pretty punctual. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he comes First thing he does is go right to a talk back. Mike press the button. He's like, sorry guys. Uh, sorry. I'm late. Uh, I just got caught in some shit. And then he's at like his like pause of like waiting for someone else to press a button and be like, ah, good one. Good one, Axe. Good one. And then the whole time and he's just they? making like toilet jokes. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just kind of just, yep. There you go. It so if you ever smells, wonder what people are talking about you're, on stage, they're making very, very it's dumb that? jokes to each other. <laughs> what if he is secretly my soulmate? Because I think farts and toilet stuff is really funny too. And I wish Daniel were here to weigh in on this. Um, he <laughs> was, 
So he was putting Elliot, that's my three-year-old, to bed, and Elliot farted a couple times, and Daniel commented on it, and then apparently Elliot... So Daniel said, did you guart? Because that's how, mm-hmm. how he pronounces fart. And he, like, collapsed in laughter. <laughs> and Daniel said to me, I've never seen someone laugh so hard at a fart. Laugh as hard as you laugh at a fart. Like, he's so your son. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure out, like, do he and I share an affinity for fart jokes that's somehow genetic or do I do all three-year-olds think they're that funny and I just have a three-year-old sense of humor it could be both it could be both you are you are right (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh speak of the devil oh hi Elliot I'm recording do you want to come say hi real fast what happened honey (laughs) Oh, so he has handed me two uh, lays, which uh, fabric lays, which I think might have been given to me by some listeners um, on my birthday at my book signing. That's right, Brian. I wrote a book, too. (laughs) Guarantee Um, yours better. But they're stuck together. (laughs) Mm, um, They're stuck together, and Elliot is sad about it. Can I just pull you up, and can you say hi real fast, honey? Oh, come on. Come on. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so hi. Look who it is. Oh, don't touch the mic, honey. Don't touch the mic. Look who it is. Do you see who it is? Do you see Tony? Yeah. And Renee. Hi, Elliot. Hi, Elliot. And Brian. Hi, Elliot. And <laughs> I was job. telling the story of how you tooted a couple nights ago, and Daddy commented on it, and it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Did you toot? And then daddy tickled me. And then daddy tickled you. <laughs> Apparently the story has changed. Okay, honey, I need you to go back in the house, okay? Say bye, everyone. Bye. bye. <laughs> Everything's going silky smooth. This is truly exactly <laughs> Daniel has this, this ashen look on his face. Hi. I was, he, uh, he entered. We put Daniel on your lap, too. Let's get him in here. What's... Now Wendy's in here. What the fuck? <laughs> Yes, I am. I'm recording. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, I was putting Ellie down. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> good seeing everyone. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I just got ambushed by aforementioned boy who thinks farts are funny. And then Daniel came in and then my dog came in. So that is just a little bit of the beauty <laughs> and the chaos that you can see on the Patreon episode. And I'm, we're debating right now whether we're going to leave any of that in. So you may have heard a little bit and you may not have. Anyway, um, Renee, how are yes. you doing? I am so good. Uh, <laughs> imagine if that were true. <laughs> um, sure. Fine. I uh, I guess news with me is I'm moving. I'm very excited. Oh, did you got the Where? place? I got the place. Yeah. I have a friend who uh, is a writer and they have decided that uh, the room will forevermore be a Zoom room. So mm. all of the writers are just like, great. Well, then I live in Austin. I live in New York. Um, and so she had a house in uh, somewhere uh, Wait, like a, a little bit. Wait, you mean the TV writing room? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So That's where she okay. works has decided that they're all just going to work from home now. Just like Twitter. And, right? I know. Look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she has a house up north. But she would just go there on the weekends. And then she had an apartment that she was keeping in Las Feliz. And then when they decided that, she's like, I don't 
needed. And I really don't want to come down and do everything it takes to like move all of my mm-hmm. shit out of there. Uh, and I raised my hand as a minimalist and I said, Oh, hello. Uh, I would, I would love to take over that apartment. Uh, that's not true. That's not the way it went. She, uh, is the most incredible person on the face of the planet. And she was like, I have a proposal. Do you just want to take over my apartment? Uh, so I'm going to take it over in July and I'm so excited. So it'll just be me and tugboat and all of her furniture. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be great. I'm really excited. So we're seeing your old apartment, the one you're still in right now. Now, look, you, would you look? At this I minimalist thought you were shit. actually just a minimalist. I was like, well, she doesn't seem to have a whole lot. Oh, no, well, I genuinely am. That's uh, the question. Like, are we seeing your decor, or are we seeing you all packed up and ready to go? No, nothing has been packed. Oh. I, uh, I have- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I she is a minimalist. <laughs> I know. Um, so I had it, at some point in my life. I had a couch and I had a big TV and I had a TV stand. And then you know, obviously that like diminishes as it goes. And then my most recent roommate. Wait, what does that mean? I don't, uh, I don't know how obviously <laughs> diminishes. That's never happened to me. I, um, I get more as I go. Right. I uh, <laughs> uh, like just obviously, the quality of it. You know. like, <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you. Go ahead. <laughs> as it should. Uh, but like it, it just starts to tear apart and it starts to get more shitty. And um, okay. so the couches were were falling apart, and the TV stand was it was fine. But who needs room for DVDs at this point? Um, and so when my roommate came in, she had just moved to Los Angeles and was really excited to like get all of her own stuff. So she proposed, she's like, can I like start collecting my LA collection now? And I was like, absolutely. So we threw all of my shit on the street, brought all of hers in. So I own absolutely, this is what I own. It's, uh, the dog and a coffee cup. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but I'm really excited to start over. Uh, and, uh, and my friend has really, really good um, style. So I'm going to look like I've had my shit together for years. I love that. Can I start my own LA collection? Is or whatever the words were exactly is like a, a euphemism for can we get rid of your falling apart furniture? Yeah, yes. Well, that's and she exciting. They have said that. I might have sweetened the way that it was presented to me a bit. There is a solid chance that she was like, as I get up from your couch, most of it is still on me uh, because it was pleather. So you know, like oh, when we pleather like starts like to that. break apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, she may have just shown me her ass when she got up, and she was just like, so this can't be a thing and I was like you're right let's get let's well get that's exciting but what's gonna happen to your roommate is she gonna stay uh, yeah so she so it's, it was all just so lovely how it went down but a little bit funny for there was like a two-week period where I was like oops um so uh, my friend was just like hey do you want to take over the place it'll probably be in July uh and so I went to uh tell uh, my name my roommate's name is Jordan uh so I went to tell her that hey could this could this work is there any way that could work out and her brother was moving up anyway she's like that's perfect so I'll just I'll move in with him. We'll start to look. Uh, so I was like, I did it. I did it. I broke the news to her and a really, you know, I'm sure that was heartbreaking for her. And then in two <laughs> weeks, she was just like, hey, we found a place. We're moving in June. Uh, and I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, just real quick. <laughs> I know I was the one to present this, but I'm not moving yet. Um, and then we weren't sure if I would get approved uh, for uh, my friend's place, but I did. So there was like a two week period where I had kicked out my roommate and uh, had n- nothing left. Uh, but then it all shook out. So it's great. That's awesome. Congratulations. I don't know if I've mentioned before that I used to live in New York. What? Brian, too. this is a running no. gag. Well, I'm going to write this down. He's from yeah. New York. Wait, Excuse when, me. where, when, and when did you come out I, here? Well, I grew up in on Long Island. Um, and then okay. I lived in New York City from when I was 18 
until I mean, I moved back and forth. I lived in Chicago as well. But I last lived mm-hmm. in New York City 2014 is when I moved here. And I were you in, in Manhattan? Oh, what? I was in Brooklyn. Where in Brooklyn were I you? was oh. in. Yeah, I was in Carroll Gardens. I did not live in Carroll Gardens. I lived in three different places, but two were in Williamsburg. One was in like Bushwick, Bed-Stuy, kind of on the border there. Yeah. Nice. I was and extremely, hip. Look at these glasses. Look at me. I was very like. Of course you're a hipster. You twerk yeah. with Axel and Seal. <laughs> and, uh, and Tony. So anyway, the, the run Tony is broke. the exact middle of <laughs> Axel Rose and Seal. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, really? I, I, yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I thought you meant like middle in no, the no, timeline. No, no, just line. like personality You mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. That sure. makes I, sense. Yeah. It, nobody is surprised by this. <laughs> in that like you're particular and you like dad jokes yeah. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> so anyway the running joke with me living in new york is people or maybe it's just i can't remember if it's people or person has complained that i mention it too much so it's like a joke about how i never mention it but anyway a thing about new york which you know brian uh is that when you sign leases it's it's very rarely month to month. It's like always, I mean, unless it's changed. My experience was it's always a year or two years. And so getting out of a lease can be hard. I did, But out here, you usually do like a year that and then away. it just yeah. sort of rolls over into month to month, right? That's weird. I mean, it's it's weird I and great my, to me. The, my shortest lease in ever in New York was a year. But other than that, it was like 18 months usually. or And they always wanted like crazy yeah, and deposits. If, they were like... You need to leave like two months deposit and this and that. And it was like, oh, I just spent $12,000 moving into an apartment with yes. three other people. Like, and, they want to cash- and, and they want a cashier's yeah. check. Maybe that's standard. No, like I don't know. Stuff. No, I don't I think moved that into is. places here. They were just like, yeah. I don't know. Do you have like the rent for right now? And you can start moving your stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, because in New York, it's like a whole, it's a stressful thing if you want to break a lease, because I think you're on the hook for the entire, for the whole rest of the year or rest of the term, unless you can find someone. Renee, you can just be like, we're going in 30 days, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or I can I say, you have minutes, enough time to pack all stuff up in 30 days. <laughs> uh, right. Exactly. What am I going to do with What's this you, poster? You like you I love. Like <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you'll never ask for help moving. Never, ever. It's, um, it'll be curious to see how I feel about more stuff, but I just, I just like not having thing. But the point of that is that, uh, yeah, it's, um, I uh, told my landlord and it wasn't a problem. It's just 30 days and go ahead and get out of here. And I think I probably could have done it in, well, I don't know, with the way things are right now. Every single apartment, like in a one mile radius from here, has a for rent sign. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's as easy right now, but usually, so long as you can replace yourself, you're fine. Renee, when yes. you were married, and I'm forgetting how long that, la- how long you're married? Five years. Wait, Five no, years. Uh, how, I wasn't, how long, how long were we actually married? Three years? Yeah, between between three and five. <laughs> so, Brian, a thing I, you just met yes, Renee, right? I, I, we've not, yeah. Seconds ago, a thing to know about Renee is that she's so nice that this guy asked her to marry him, and she didn't really want to and knew she shouldn't, but said yes anyway, and then was married for five oh. years. Yeah, 
But listen, I, I was young. I was 17, and I've become a real hard ass since. I didn't know so you were 17. Like, look at this push overhead. Yeah, everybody in my family got married uh, at 18 or younger. Wait, wait, I didn't know you were that young. Maybe I did know, but I forget. So, I guess that was when the proposal was. And then we got married at 19. Yeah. Yep. God, it's a- so anyway, the question is, did you guys accumulate stuff when you were together? So much. So much. Yeah, because I think it is also the, um, you know, I'm originally from Colorado, so I think it is um, kind of the traditional, like, registry and um, everybody helping you out. Because not only is it you're getting married, but it's also like it's your first daughter home. So we had everything. Um, And then... God, I, I, I really did. I just, I walked away from that one too. I'm real big on walking away from things. And just like, you, you got it. Um, what am I going to do with a mixer? I don't need a mixer. I'm fine. Was I it, need a mixer. I, I, I would like, I wish I would have taken the waffle mixer. Was it one of those nice KitchenAid mixers? It was. You walked away from that? Can you believe? I know. You know what? I should call him up. I'd be like, hey, I've rethought that. have that mixer. Would you like to reconcile? <laughs> Could we get remarried? <laughs> I just admit it for the mixer this time. Initially, it was to be nice. Now it's for the mixer. But the point is, I'm in this for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Did you li- li- let him keep all the stuff because you felt guilty or yeah. because yeah okay yeah of course yes i said yes to a marriage that i didn't want to be in uh yes uh i think for that you get a mixer i feel like that's <laughs> a, a lovely parting gift uh to have somebody who wasn't able to say what they needed uh didn't have their words just yet but i now, mean i guess when you put I'm it that way <laughs> but my um, memory is that he was not he had things to feel bad about too yep yeah we both did uh, we both did, but I think we were also, we were kids. Like, can you, um, do you, I wonder if you guys find this, like when anything 25 and younger, you're like, why would anyone trust me? I was so dumb. I was so stupid. Uh, is, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I also it's, it's feel like I had such a, I had such a distorted sense of, um, what other people owed me, which probably would have been the language that I would have used at the time mm-hmm. of like, I would get so bent out of shape feeling like someone had wronged me or someone hadn't like taken care of me in the way that I wanted, but then I would never tell them. And I don't know, everything yep. was way more dramatic and complicated. Yeah. But think about this. I was married and not in therapy yet. The fuck? How? <laughs> How does anybody do that? So I think, um, yeah, and then I think we also like a little bit mimic the way our parents' relationship was until we figure out our best way to communicate and their practices. So I just brought in all of their lack of communication into mine, and <laughs> it just it takes a second. It takes a second to be like, oh, that didn't work. Maybe I should revise and come up yeah. with a new way to do this. And now look at me <laughs> thriving. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Brian, you went to one of the protests recently and took. I think I I already said this right. I'm repeating myself. You took a picture and you're selling and you're, you're donating the proceeds proceeds to black lives matter what was your experience like at the protest well, you know it started it started in pan pacific park which is you know mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what area what is that what area is that even is that that's not hollywood or whatever i'm still like five years in la and that's i still like don't know mid, what area is what it's like beverly yeah. hills adjacent right yeah. is it yeah it's, it's right yeah, it's by right, the it's like like it really like right mid by wilshire the yeah. so it started yeah. there and it, everything was pretty peaceful and productive and you know people you know there's people milling about the park they were starting you know more and more people started show up, showing up with signs there was some chanting there was some people speaking and like 
I was totally on the wrong side of the speakers at one point. I'm like, kind of, you know, it's like that thing. It was like a big crowd and everyone's like clapping after stuff. And I'm like, wait, what am I missing? I'm like, am I just not, are people just like following <laughs> right. along right now? Like, like, yeah, whatever they said, that's cool. Yeah. Let me, let me clap. And then I realized I'm like, oh, the speakers are like faced the wrong way. They probably weren't anticipating this many people. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, they get people rallied and, you know, we're like, you know, we're all in the park and I'm walking around taking photos and, uh, it starts to move like that, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to start marching. I think the idea was to go up to the Beverly center, turn around, come back, you know, and, uh, it was mostly fine. There was, you know, people tagging stuff, you know, you know, riding on the buses and nobody was tagging any like personal property. They weren't breaking anything. I think mostly it was productive and, you know, they were trying to get a message out. There was like, sit-ins a couple mm-hmm. uh, you know here and there they're just like would stop at an intersection and everyone would like sit down and like someone would speak and whatever and then we got to right outside the cbs lot and that's when it kind of it kind of went sour um mm-hmm. i had started to kind of just like walk pat like walk away because like police were starting to come out and they were blocking the intersection and they were kind of trying to push people back and I mean, like within seconds, there was a there was a police car on fire <laughs> and people were like, you know, breaking the windows and whatever. And I, mm. you know, I ran I ran towards scary. it because I have a camera in my hand. So I'm like, I'm going to run towards it. I'm like, uh-huh. it's fucking scary. It's hot. You know, there's fire, com- you know, f- coming off it and everything. And things are popping and mm. the windows are breaking and stuff. And I'm just like up there. I'm like, all right, snapped a few pictures of that. Tried not to get people's faces in it because that's kind of like a mm-hmm. street photographer ethical thing like protests stuff you don't want you just don't want anybody to be a target you know right. so yeah mm-hmm. so i shot that and like you know i i got home after this kind of just it really started to get a little gnarly so i was like i don't want to stick around for this so i took off i posted some photos from it and some people were like I'll buy a print of that. I, I want a print of that, the car on fire. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't feel right doing that. Like this started off as a peaceful thing. I don't want someone, I don't want to profit off of destruction. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it just occurred to me, I'm like, you know what? If people really want it, I kept on getting asked. I'm like, I will up the price more than what I usually charge for a print. <laughs> and I'll donate everything past the printing costs. I donate to black lives matter in LA and um, I was, you know, I was looking around, I'm like, what, who should I donate this to? And I'm like, you know what? I was there for their March. This came from that. This kind of ruined their whole, the whole thing. Might as well turn some sort of destruction into something constructive. And, you know, I've been able to raise about $2,000 so far. So I don't know if I'm going to keep printing them. It's uh. I don't want that to be just like the thing that comes out of it. You know, there was a lot of other positive things that happened. So I don't want it to be just about Mm -hmm. a a police car on fire, you know, even though that kind of like symbolized like the start of everything happening. That was like, Mm -hmm. it was pretty scary. (laughs) When it like, like, it's like people were just like running in every direction. And then there was people running towards it. And then there was like another car that was getting broken into and there was like a guy who got into an accident. He was trying to get out of the intersection. It was like, it was pretty, it was, it was a little 
chaotic for a second, you know? Um, <clears throat> did it feel like the cops had, um, like their presence exacerbated anything? I mean, their presence started it and they were state, they were staged yeah. at the CBS lot. Like I have photos of their cars are just in their lot. So as soon as the March reached that intersection, which is at Beverly and Fairfax, I mean, the cars just started coming out and people were like, well, what the fuck are we doing? We're just like, we're just marching. We're not starting any trouble. I mean, there's vandalism happening, but like that doesn't require 30 police cars to be out in the middle of the intersection. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think it could have been, I think it could have been handled in a different way. Just having seen it firsthand happening. And I'm like, it had, it, it, it feels like it happened so fast now, like thinking about it. Like now I've had time to like really think like, wow, I'm like, that sort of like there was no media anywhere really other than just like a few photographers shooting here and there. But like there was no news outlets. They weren't covering any of the other parts of the mm -hmm. March or the anything in the park. But as soon as everything happened right at that intersection, like it just seemed like the news was there and all the cops were there. And there was just so happened to be two empty police cars in the middle of the intersection. It was like seemed very like it was like a little bit baited like they were just like trying to make it happen and that's like a really unfair thing right. because it's you know people were really trying to do something that was positive so yeah that's so interesting right because what i keep hearing is these protests are largely peaceful and then the cops turn them yeah I violent and I'm just trying to understand like how that I mean, it sounds I like you don't know, know how, exactly the mechanics of know, how it happened. Yeah, I don't know the mechanics of how or like the steps it goes through or what like triggers like right. they're finally like, OK, we're going to now we're going to shoot tear gas and rubber bullets. Like I started mm -hmm. hearing, you know, there's a, or even like who's who set the cop car on fire. I'm I mean, it, it happens so fast. I mean, I've seen video of it now where I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's that's right where I was. And this, yeah. and it happened so fast. It was like a car is in the middle of the intersection. People come running out and they're breaking stuff. Someone throws a bottle of some sort of ignite, some fluid or whatever. And they light it on fire and it happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it happened in like 30 seconds. It happened really fast. Right. And I was at that point turned around because people started running and I'm like shooting people running. And then you just see a big, black cloud of smoke and you're like well this is crazy like this is in the middle of broad daylight and like a major intersection like what the fuck is going on but um yeah did you personally feel in danger no no i know that's crazy but like it I, unless it got, if the fire got out of control i don't think the crowd was scaring mm. me but like if the fire had gotten out of control i would have been like okay and we're like by a gas station there's a gas station right there there's two cars on fire and people are like stopping to like take photos with it and like selfies and i'm like mm. get away from that that's crazy what are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah it was yeah weird. it was like it was weird like photo ops going on like police started shooting mm -hmm. those like rubber bullets at, and you can hear them bouncing off of stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to, I, you know, I don't, you I know you don't know me really personally. Like, um, I'm not in the best shape. So I'm like, not going to be like running from the cops. Like I did that when I was 16, not when I'm 43, you know? <laughs> so, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have um, a friend who who's also a to- photographer who was taking pictures and got shot in the leg with a rubber bullet. Yeah, oh um, it's like and crazy. I I asked him I'm in L.A. Curious, here at that same thing. Oh, okay. Not at that protest. I think like he was in. Maybe I don't actually know. Did you or, ask him what it feels like? That I did. I'm like yeah. we're we're communicating about it on Twitter DM. But I asked <laughs> him, was there any? Because that's what I've been wondering. Like with these attacks on the press or on people who are documenting, was there any warning? Did you feel like they targeted you just because you were documenting? I did. And yeah. Did it hurt a lot? Those are I mean, that's what I'm me, wondering. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. And I wasn't targeted at all. I mean, there was people telling me to like, get away from it, but like the only people who were really like kind of getting close were like photographers with like, I can, I can look and see like, okay, that's not just like uh, amateur photographer. And see like, they look at their mm-hmm. camera and I'm like, okay, that he's probably shooting for someone or, or just for himself, you know, with a pro camera. And then there's like people with like their cell phones out, just like trying to get Instagram content. And I'm like, man, like, this is all this is super mixed up right now like you got on one hand you got this right. someone smashing a car then you got another guy just like kind of doing a hard style pose in front of the uh, burning car and i'm like and i'm like as i'm shooting i'm like that guy's that that's probably gonna look really cool like but like at the same time I'm like <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now like this is literally like things are on fire here yeah it was pretty it was pretty and it happened so fast and like I walked back to my car. I was like parked like a mile away. And the whole time I'm walking back, like I had already like, just kind of like it went over my head. I was like, whatever. I was like texting my girlfriend telling her, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I heard the Hermosillo open back up. Let's go there and get a beer. Like after I get back, like I was so like disconnected <laughs> from it for a second, you know, like, and then mm-hmm. when I finally saw that what I had shot, I was like, Whoa, this is actually pretty crazy. You know? And then to bring up the other thing going on in the world, were people socially distancing? No. I mean, I'll say this. Everyone had masks on. It was actually pretty mm-hmm. pretty rare to see someone that wasn't covered up in some sort of way. And in the park, people were kind of trying to keep apart. But it's like, I mean, right. you get a couple thousand people together in a park. And, you know, they're trying to get, people are trying to move around and everyone's trying to move back but you move back and you're in someone else's space i was kind of just like mm-hmm. it's very like oh, excuse me thank you like it's like the most polite i've ever been in a crowd you know everyone's like no absolutely please come this way like <laughs> but then i got to thinking i'm like why well that's like, nice okay so people are gonna do this i'm like well shit we can have a concert like <laughs> i can get my job back people aren't afraid of this like i mean whatever that's a whole other yeah. topic but Right. But I guess there's this, I mean, I think we all read that thing that said that singing in a closed room is like choirs, things like that, where people are like, or or Mm. laughter, these things that spread the droplets. Those are bad. But I'm thinking you were, I mean, you were outside, but there were speakers spraying their droplets of truth and virus. Walked for like five miles with people screaming like next to me. I mean, People feel like I Yeah, like are we just forgetting about COVID? Because yeah, if so we're going boring. to, I'm no on board. Because <laughs> we're bored. <laughs> it's hard to be afraid of something imaginary, even though I have been and I've like bragged about how strict I've been. But I do think it has taken a leap of faith to believe that like we have to change our life, 
our entire lifestyle over this thing that to those of us fortunate enough not to be super close to it, it has seemed imaginary. And I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm disrespecting either of the things we're talking about. I actually still think we should all be pre- taking precautions and stuff. I'm just saying, like, we've been doing this yeah. for a long time. If we're all going to act like everything's a-okay, let me know. Yes. I, I, <laughs> COVID-wise. Yeah. And we, I, you know, for the first fuck, two months of, you know, like, I didn't see anybody. I mean, I'm going to walk this back. I saw one person after about a month. <laughs> he's also on this Zoom call. <laughs> I helped. Yes, I helped you. I helped Tony fix a window, and we were both so fucking paranoid. We we're like the mask up. I'm like, don't touch the thing. Don't do this. Like we. And I was like, well, I think we're safe because I'm outside helping with the window, and you're inside. So we're like touching each other or whatever, and we're like standing across, you know, the yard, and like that was like the first human I had seen that you know that wasn't. You know, I'm here with my girlfriend, you know, and like we're just in the house mm-hmm. all day long. Um, after that, I kind of, I'm going to say I got brave, but like I had to go to the grocery store. I'm like, oh, the first time I go to the grocery store, I'm like all super paranoid. And now I go and it's, you know, I'm fine. You know, like I, I, I'm not fine. It still sucks. You're like wearing right. a mask and like. Hey, you know, why, you know, stay away from me and whatever. But maybe that's just the way we go to the grocery store now. I don't know. <laughs> like forever. I still haven't been to the grocery store, and I They're love grocery stores. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's I just, hear. Everybody's wearing a mask, and you're staying six feet apart. And there's they're limiting uh, the number of people. Inside, oh, it depends right? on where you go. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. If it's Trader Joe's, yes, I think everybody the else. Is Super just like A on you. York Boulevard. Not to like give away my location, <laughs> but the Super A doesn't really give a fuck how many people are in there, and they have very few like markings on the floor that are like, this is the six feet. It's just like someone put like some gaff tape here and there. And they're just kind of like, I don't know. I guess this is where you stand. <laughs> but like people are still respectful hmm. of it. They know like not to get too close. But they don't do like the one way aisle thing. Right. Speaking Ooh. of one way, one way to get dazzling hair color at home. <laughs> Let's just take a moment. That was your best yet. I think you should so. be so proud of yourself. I felt so. I felt honestly, I feel like my segue game has only gotten stronger from just hunkering down and sheltering in place. They <laughs> told it me then. it would happen. All and I of said it was worth it. Then. <laughs> it was all worth it. <laughs> you guys, take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You deserve gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at $22. For decades, women have had two options for coloring their hair, and I feel like men have too. Outdated at-home color or the time and expense of a traditional salon. Many Madison Reed clients comment on how their new hair color has improved their lives. Women love the results. Gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional healthy looking hair. This is a game changing color you can do at home and look as if you just came from the salon. Uh, and so they have permanent hair color and then they also have semi-permanent, they have gloss and I'm going to do the root reboot, which is it deposits color on the roots and it doesn't affect the color underneath. So your colorist will be none the wiser. They'll just be like, wow, you look amazing. Uh, I mean, or maybe they won't, but if they don't, it's only because they don't know how to give someone a compliment in 2020. 
You guys, I'm sorry. Your shoulders look so good. (laughs) Thank you very much. And then I'm also going to do a gloss. But I found out that Renee and I was wondering, I was wondering how you've been dealing with the home hair color because I know that you um, and you tout this, that you mention this. You deal. You you are largely. You have a lot of grays. But your so hair many looks grace. so stunning. Many. Can I, I mean, multi, for your, I don't. Uh, I barely see any. Mm-mm. Okay, well, that's because I just use Madison Reed. You see, right? You're a um, Madison Reed fan. I I went and I wonder if I know this. It probably for the most part this is an audio medium, so it's hard to show. But yes, so I've only colored my hair at home. It always turns out orange and brassy. Always, no matter what supermarket thing I've used. And then Madison Reed is just like it is truly like a salon. Uh, it just I don't know. It's changed my and my hair is like really healthy now and. Did you take the yes. quiz online to figure I out what your color quiz is? Online, and then the trick that I will say is they also offer a um a little bowl and a brush that you can pour it into, and mm-hmm. that has made all the difference. Because uh, the very first time I did it, I was like, "Well, it missed this patch," and I was like, "Did it miss this patch, or did you miss that patch?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, it was me." Uh, but yeah, if you just part your hair and do the brush thing, I do it myself, and it's it's I love it. I will never go anywhere From else. The mouth of Renee, a bowl and a brush. <laughs> Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Allison Rosen's new best friend listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code Allison. That's code Allison, madison-reed.com. I also want to tell you guys about my very favorite sheets. I was just looking at their website today because I want to order more. Brooklinen, uh, I just sleep better on Brooklinen sheets. And I don't know why, but they're like magical. I don't get hot there. They hold up. I've had them for a few years. They're my absolute favorite sheets that I've ever had. And Brooklinen also makes other comfy home items as well. Uh, they have towels. They have shower curtains. They have ultra soft loungewear. They have silk eye masks. This is luxurious stuff made without crazy luxurious prices because they cut out the middleman and they sell directly to you. Uh, and you need this form of self-care. I'm telling you, you do. Uh, Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to start making small changes that make big differences. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code BESTFRIEND. Only at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. So, Tony and Renee... You guys went on a dog walk together, right? Yeah. And then Tony posted a photo and I commented that I was staring at your shadows trying to figure out if you guys were six feet apart. <laughs> but you said that you were, right? Because your shadows looked real smushed up you against each other. You can the see dogs the did dog not make it shadows. Easy. <laughs> you can see our shadows in that photo. I can see the leash shadows. I'm a photo for forensicologist. <laughs> you don't know how long those leashes are. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors there. That's true. I, I think we should also let her off the hook that like Tony and I, we did everything we could. Like we were in mask. We were trying to keep apart. But uh, Moose was very <laughs> concerned with making sure Tugboat knew that Moose was the boss. Oh. Uh, she did an, an incredible job. But <laughs> I I don't know if you were Tony, but I was sore for days oh, yeah. after that walk. Well, <laughs> and and you had the you had the dog that wasn't pulling with force the whole time. Oh, sure. Well, listen, he's uh he would love to chime in on this. He's like, he are you guys to let him know? It's me. Is it me? Uh, I think we're about to hit curfew here, so everybody is outside, like trying to do a walk. So I'm so sorry. Hold on, real quick. No problem. Um, So Tony Moose was the boss. 
she was trying to be i i'm you know she's so great with people like loves people so sweet i'm figuring out the other dog thing still the the shelter that i got her from uh, some of the other dogs i saw they told me if there were dogs told you (laughs) the people at the shelter told me that other dogs some of them were not great with dogs uh, but they didn't say that about her, so I just assumed she was fine. But uh, You're okay. Come here. the few times that I have had some interactions with dogs, uh, it's been mostly fine. But there's been they've there's been like one little scrap that they get into or something, which I know happens sometimes with dogs. But I just, I just you know I'm still getting used to her, and this is like a weird scenario. Where we're not seeing tons of people and other dogs outside of right. like a dog we see on a walk that's across the street. So like. I'm just not fully ready to trust her with another dog fully just yet. When you say they get into little scraps, like dog fights or like puppy nipping? Uh, it's It seems like dog fights and it sounds scary. Because yeah. <laughs> even, even, even Tugboat and, and Moose, like they, they were fine the whole time. But then there oh. was one moment where they did get tugboats, into it for a second. That's Tugboat? Yeah, Tugboat. I, oh, yeah. I, oh, you know of Tugboat. I know Tugboat. I don't know her name, but I know Tugboat. And you've got your priorities straight. That's oh. how it should be. His reputation proceeds. I was him. like, um, you know, when, when he yeah. starts saying like, oh, they went for a walk together, the dogs, I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's like a thing he does now. He just goes, takes moose for walks with dogs. No, it was with Tugboat. I saw that photo. You got it. You got it. Um, But yeah, I think, Tony, I had this like, because I think the dogs are having a hard time. Like, I'll take Tug to the dog park and he is happy to meet the other people, but he's he just doesn't really know how to interact with dogs at this point. Yeah. So we had this dream of just like, oh, we'll get them together. But I think like Moose is still really new and figuring it out. So Moose was definitely letting Tugboat know that uh, she was in charge and Tugboat was happy to oblige for 45 minutes on the dot. And then at uh, 46 <laughs> minutes, uh, we, we had a little scrap. Uh, we broke it up but it quickly, was, but yeah. yeah. Did that uh, scare you guys? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then I walked in the street the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, How it was just break it up. I mean, they were we both we had them both on leashes, so we just kind of both were pulling in opposite directions, yeah. and yeah, we broke it up pretty quick. But yeah, it didn't it didn't sound great, uh, but and they were both fine though. And then still after that, like Moose was still obsessed with wanting to be as close to him as humanly possible, as humanly po- as dogly possible, <laughs> caninely. I one hundred percent do not recommend this i don't want any i don't want to get sued however i heard of someone like a dog was attacking them so they took they just took their finger and stuck it in the dog's butt (laughs) (laughs) that just sounds like they wanted to do that (laughs) i know right right? yeah Um, you know what's so funny about that is sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say that it like apparently like surprised the dog enough that they had that they were able to get away yeah I definitely did all the research for that because Tug has gotten attacked a bunch. He because his backstory, he was a bait dog, so he is usually like the the beta and unless provoked, and then he. Uh, uh, but so anyway, I did the research and I was like, great, I'm going to do it all. And then, boy, does it happen so fast! You can't do mm-hmm. any of it. I had my finger. I didn't know it is. I can't. You can't. You can't. Wait, it's too quick. so that's a real thing that's recommended? Finger in the butt. I because when you said that you researched it, I'm like how like how <laughs> that's uh, it's just like what to do in a dog fight. So oh. I think uh, you know, like pull them by the tail 
is uh, as much. But it's basically just like get them separated. So finger um, in the butt is one of them, though. Yes, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> think that some people will say yes. Anything to uh, anything to shock them, break it up. Uh, is good. A hose is your best option. Oh, we should have brought the hose uh, on our walk. We didn't have a hose. <laughs> and idiots. also the tank of water. <laughs> uh, now, can, can I, real quick, about this walk, can I tell the the story of, of my yes. stupidity and how how <laughs> dumb and awful I felt? So... <laughs> You know, any anyone that's watching this or at least listens to the show has probably at least seen pictures of Renee. Like, you always post everybody that's on the show. So we all know what Renee looks like. But also, like, you know, I've known Renee for like a little over a year now, I think, right? Something like that. that uh, but right, we've, yeah. we've never, like, talked about uh, age or anything. Like, I literally had, I assume we're probably ballpark same age, but I didn't know for sure. And... Mm-hmm. I forget even exactly what the story was, but you were, she was telling me a story <laughs> and she jokingly says something along the line. Do you remember exactly what you said? I do. And I don't remember. I think I, something about like how quick I was to move the dog. And I was like, still spry at 59. And then Tony <laughs> goes, you're 59. I was like, looking good, right? And she, she, good. and she totally plays it straight. And so I'm buying it the whole time, but I'm shocked. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to make this a thing, but I can't believe you're 15. <laughs> My mind was blown. And then, yeah, like to the point, like, that's why I had to text her because I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, how is she 59? <laughs> Because, you know, like, I think this is like a Janine Garofalo bit of like, if you just go up, then people won't be disappointed when they find out how old you actually are. So I thought 59 was so far out of the ballpark, nobody would like this. So I'm then just I was dumb. Negotiate, I was like, do I do 69, 70, 89? What if I say I'm 89 years old? <laughs> Will people buy that? <laughs> Wait, so how did you guys figure it out? <laughs> it was when I, I said I can't believe you're 50. And so did you write back and say I'm She's not 59 years old? I would have thought he was still doing a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry, that was a joke. And then uh, Tony, because he's so honest and sweet, didn't be like, oh, I know, I'm just playing with you. It was just like I believed you, <laughs> <laughs> but only because you. But again, I'd like to make it clear how shocked I was. <laughs> I, was, I, I believed you, but I was absolutely floored sure. by this news. Uh, so for the most part, it, 99.9% of that was funny. 0.1% in the back of my mind, I'm like, I can pass for 50 <laughs> no, you can't, years old. <laughs> Only to a stupid, gullible person. <laughs> um, but if I had said 89, you would have known it was a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, think the, I think the like, factor... To figure out is like, how high do I have to go for it to not be a question? It's just, it was Allison, you would have laughed. You oh, would have loved am. it. I had like a similar opposite direction thing. When I was living in, yes, New York, um, I did some interviews for WMYC or PS1, or I forget what it was, but one of them was Michael Showalter, um, who I love. And then I went on to have him on a bunch of times. But anyway, I forget, I think I was 36 at the time, 35 or 36, I can't remember. Um, but I made a joke on air. I said something like, and I'm Allison Rosen and I'm 23, which to me was like the Renee 59 thing. <laughs> like, I'm so clearly 
not that. Yeah. But I do remember thinking <laughs> afterwards, like, that's kind of a dumb audio joke, because why would listeners have any idea of how old I am? Um, but still, I, I felt like it's prepo- it would be preposterous to think I'm 23. But anyway, afterwards, I think he friended me on MySpace, or I friended him on MySpace or something. And we, like, exchanged an email. Um, and and he's like, you're not 23. And I said, no, I'm not. A, you know, and I explained. But I felt like he did he think I was trying to pass for 23? And that's embarrassing <laughs> that I would be oh. trying to like, why would I why would I be doing that? It was just a joke that went sideways because it was just kind of dumb. Again, I know every time I'm on, it's a cascade of compliments. But I do. I bet I bet that there's a, a world where he did genuinely believe that. Yeah. Thank you. You look good, buddy. Thank you. It's pretty wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I definitely agree with you of the horror that you would feel if uh, you were like, if somebody thought that I think that I can pass for 23 is mortifying. Yeah, it was if- it was more, like, I think I never want to be perceived as shifty. Not that anyone loves the idea <laughs> of being perceived as shifty, but like on your list of things, just like shifty and like doing some weird <laughs> shit <laughs> like what's she doing um <laughs> and i think that the idea that i was like being like i think that i was like trying to bamboozle him into thinking i was a young girl like why mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to do why would she be doing that what's she <laughs> up to she's shifty that was my fear yeah i i think you probably just thought it was a nice way to break the ice but yeah i don't you you were a lot of things shifty is not one of them thank you do you think he feels deceived and that's why you did not get cast as emily in the big sick yes i think so that's probably what it is (laughs) i feel like he just oh he just directed um lovebirds which i have not seen oh he did that too i didn't realize he did yeah i haven't seen that i haven't either i haven't seen it yet either has anyone go ahead I was going to say, keep trying to watch funny stuff, and it's, I'm just like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just hard. Have uh, you watched Normal People? No. Should I? Yeah, well, I'm, I was super duper into it. Now I'm on episode 10 or 11. I'm almost at the end, and, I, and I've lost steam on it a little bit, but I was super into it. Um, okay. Yeah. What is that again? And then give it a shot. What is it? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. It's based on a book. Um, by Sally Rooney about Irish teens and then they go to college and it's really about the relationship between the two of them. It starts out when they're in high school and she is outcast and like very smart, but not popular. And he is popular. Um, and then they start a romance, but he wants to keep it a secret. Um, it's about a lot, a lot better than the way I'm describing it though. But it, it, there's like a lot of just, it's very, it's almost, I, I'm going to say, and no one else has been saying this about it. So I'm going to say it. It's almost soft core. Like there is so wow. much bone in, but done in a very artful way. If you're into artful bone in among two very attractive, great actors and just beautiful people, one of whom is playing someone. This is the thing though. She is so beautiful, but you're supposed to believe that like, she's not really that beautiful at the beginning. And it's like, it's a, that's a stretch, but it's good. I recommend it. I will check it out. I, this week, uh, have been watching the Jeffrey Epstein documentary to just calm down. I <laughs> soothe really light, myself a little bit. Light viewing. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I, but genuinely, I was just like so stressed from the day that I was clicking through and I was like, yeah, that'll be nice because I know how that ends. I know how that ends. Uh, I think there's so much unknown right now that I was uh, looking forward to something that I know how it ends. Well, you know <laughs> how it ridiculous. ends, but there's still like a lot of questions about oh, how course. it ended. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. I is it? I just saw people with kids tweeting like, "Why did I make? Why did I watch this? This is a mistake." Like, is it deeply, mm-hmm. deeply upsetting and disturbing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds yeah. Good. It's just. Um, yeah, it's uh, just preying on abused kids who don't, who haven't learned boundaries and who haven't learned how to say no or to have enough self worth that they think they could say no. Not that you even really could in the circumstances that he put them in. But. Do they interview victims? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it is. Oh, wow. It's just the... But they help tell the story and they help narrate and they kind of speak to the fact of like how robbed they felt that they didn't get to testify and they didn't get to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I definitely had a like sense of like, shit, should I be watching this? Is this like voyeuristic? Is this exploiting them more? But it seemed like it was giving them a voice, like mm-hmm. they could finally tell the truth. They could finally say, hey, here's here's how it all went down. It seems good. Good. <laughs> Brian, have you watched anything disturbing lately? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched anything disturbing or anything new. I am finding right now I'm having a really hard time concentrating on anything new. Like I'll start something. I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. And then like I can't like this just too much. Like I have a lot of problems. Either I'm hyper focused or just not at all. So if I'm hyper focused all day on mm-hmm. like recording or music or whatever, I go to watch something and I'm like. I've expended all my energy that I would I need. I just put on like 90 day fiance. That's been like the thing that we watch. <laughs> and uh, I, we are, we are both very into 90 day fiance. And that is in itself a little disturbing because um, I don't know. Just watch it. It's great. I love trashed, trashed. TV. What is, What's that? I love trash TV as well. And I haven't been watching a lot of it lately and maybe I need to reconnect. Like I've, I've haven't watched Vanderpump in a while. I haven't watched any of, I haven't been watching any reality TV. I don't know what's wrong with me. Brian, what is the premise of 90 day fiance? Because I do think I would like it. Um, (laughs) If only they spelled it out in the title. (laughs) (laughs) There's a, there's a few different versions of it. The one that I'm watching now, the basic premise, I think of the first one was, um, you know, people, they, they meet someone online from another country or whatever, and they have 90 days to bring them to the States, get them a visa, get married, the whole thing. And normally it works with like a, a man or woman in the States and they meet someone and the, there's people coming from outside the States. Now there's people mm-hmm. going to other – going elsewhere to meet these people for the first time. Like a lot of these people haven't – they've never even met. So the one that I'm watching now um, – there's a 60-year-old man who met online. He's only spoken to this woman online uh, via a dating app. Okay. He doesn't have her phone number, but they've been dating for seven years. Um, oh, my God. Um, he uses an app which he has to pay to use <laughs> to speak to her, and she's in the Ukraine. Oh, boy. Sounds legit, right? <laughs> sounds like <laughs> sounds like he's probably going to so meet her at some like point. Um, <laughs> is it like a catfishing thing? No, she's real, according to him. 
<laughs> like, uh, okay. I don't know. I haven't finished the season yet, so I don't know if it's a catfish or not. But he went to the Ukraine, and spoiler alert, she wasn't there. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sure she, she was, was busy. Yeah, she was yeah, shopping. somewhere yeah. out there. So the whole season has well, followed other, him. Well, there's other, I mean, there's like six other couples. Some of them I have like less, right, here's how like, bad my attention span is right now. There are like six different couples and there's two that I'm not interested in. And that's when I uh, text and like do shit on my phone. I'm like, oh, I don't care about these people. I'm like, <laughs> pick up my phone and I'm like, oh, David's back in the Ukraine. I got to watch that again. Like, <laughs> but like if there's something going on where I don't care about it, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. There's like um, one guy goes to the Philippines. There's two people in Australia right now. This um, – this was one woman is she's coming out as bisexual and she's like met this woman and like her Australian she like meets the Australians parents and they're just kind of like, yeah, we don't care. It's great. She's happy. Like you know, <laughs> great Australian accent. That's too, a right? good. That's really good. Um, yeah, it's just. But a season follows. The it just, same yeah, thing. it's like, like there's a, a number of couples, but it, it is. And then that just follows them. Um, it is. Hmm. How? trash tv it's like com- it's like just comfort food at this point i wonder how the producers find them oh. we talk do about you know? this we're, we, we're like this is we're like how do they do this where do they find these people they're insane and uh the editing is so bad just it's edited so poorly i like watch it i'm like this is going to take me out of it because it's so bad. Like just like a lot of these dramatic pauses and stuff. I'm like, this is so terrible, but I have to watch this. I have to trudge through. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, so when Daniel and I were watching Vanderpump, first he's like, what is this? No, no, you haven't. It's pretty addictive. It's like a lot of beautiful tan people yelling at each other. (laughs) My and favorite. <laughs> first he was like, what is this? Um, and then he got super hooked. But he would have discussions like as if it is truly very real. And I was always pointing out like, well, the girlfriend appeared out of nowhere and is now in the bar. Someone mic'd her like someone knew she was coming. Someone I'm always very uh, conscious and I'm uh, it's a total buzzkill right. kind of thing. But I'm the same way. And it's. Really mature for a 23 year old. Like, I'm always, yeah, I'm very conscious of the strings that the producers might be pulling, or like a producer, I feel like a producer might have fed someone that line. It was probably written ahead of time. Um, Whereas Daniel never, Daniel just buys in. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that suspension of, like, the suspension of disbelief, like, and like, ooh, this is really happening. I'm like, they've used the same fucking cut, like, uh, like five times already. And like, they just keep. (laughs) making you know a real dramatic like zoom in like there and i'm like there was probably they were probably talking and they just edited out the audio and they're like do like narrating over it and like you know julie's watching it and she's just kind of like oh my god he's like he's like stunned <laughs> into silence i'm like no they're they edited out whatever he said like come on <laughs> and then i'm like ah, right. can i just watch mm-hmm. this and just like not try to figure it out <laughs> you know yeah, I take that because I do that as well with those types of shows. Everything. It sucks. But I, t- I have now started taking it a step further, which is even more annoying that I can watch actual <laughs> scripted TV shows or movies. And especially if it is something, you know, we 
we live in LA and we know some people that are in shows and movies. And so like, if I'm watching something that somebody I know is in, or maybe somebody I know wrote it, I, if there's like a joke that I like, then I like think about, I like imagine them like pitching the joke to the <laughs> other writers and the cast and all that. And it's like, why am I doing this? And it's, it happens all the time now. And I hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do it with music. I do it with everything. Do you ever ask them it's about like, it? It's crazy. Uh, I, I actually, when you pitched this joke, did it, did it kind of fail? Uh, kind of bomb in the room. I don't think I've actually, <laughs> I've definitely asked questions. I don't know if I've gone specific about jokes, but like I've, mm-hmm. I've asked like certain little things to some people. Yeah. Cause did you ever I, ask them if they were 59? <laughs> 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 Sorry, Allison. That's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, sometimes when I can imagine, when I'm like watching something and imagining the script at the same time, to me, that's like, oh, the acting is not strong enough to hold, to make me buy in. But I don't think that's what it sounds like you're talking about, Tony. No, because this is everything now. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying. So, Tony and Brian, you guys have known each other for 18 years? Yeah, I think so. Was that two? Yeah, we met in, yeah, 2002 was when we met, yeah. How did you guys meet? He was still playing in a band at the time. And oh, what band were you in? I was in a band called The Reunion Show. A little, mm. how like, kind of, I, I guess, similar enough to Motion City Soundtrack that we were playing a show yeah. with the key, keyboards and guitars. <laughs> you know, those things yeah. that make Rock sense. Rock band with keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah, we, uh, so yeah, we were, you know, it was like we were both doing very small tours back then. Uh, and we played, was it a show in Long Island, probably? Was that the first one? I can't, or no, it was that show in Illinois where we were terrible. Yeah, you guys are pretty bad. And you showed up really <laughs> late, too. <laughs> yeah. And you did us a favor and you, you let us go on later mm-hmm. because yeah. we got there so late. You Great day, too. Us. It was pouring yeah. rain. <laughs> I remember everything about it. It was in Urbana. Or champagne or so, somewhere in Illinois, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So knew knew him from playing together, and then yeah, when did broke up? What a year or two later? Two thousand three is when we broke up. No, two thousand. Okay, anyway, two thousand three okay. is when we broke up, and uh, then I just started working for bands, and then two thousand four is when I started touring with Motion City because I yeah. And you were like solid. Yeah, it was for, for like two thousand six, yeah. really two thousand seven. Um, how did you guys um become friendy friends, like more than just acquaintances? <laughs> but like, because you're like best. Yeah, he's one uh, of your Tony, best friends, right? Tony's Tony? one of my best friends. Yeah. No, 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 no. Tony's my best friend. I'm yeah, not Tony's we... best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk. We talk. We probably talk every day, and I'm learning a yeah. lot about you. I had no idea you were watching Ninety Day Fiance. Um, that's a that's secret stuff. Yeah. We were just, I was waiting to. This yeah. is the big my big <laughs> well, reveal now today. Now it's out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was. You know, we were friendly. Yeah. I think, and then it was like when you started working. I think for once us, you I think, once we you're with together, yeah, all once the you're time. with people like day in and day out, it's hard to like. I mean, there is part of it where it's like it's work and you're working for people, but like you just become friends. Like I'm super, super close friends with Jess. I was in Jesse's wedding. You know, like if you. That's our keyboard. Is that one yeah, of one the of the. Uh, sorry, one of the. Uh, just like, guys don't know Jesse. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, you become close with the people that you're with when you're with them for that long. That you know, 
that many hours a day in like living in a vehicle, you know, you just kind of become, you just know everything about people and like, we'll end up having jokes that will just go on for fucking years. Like we, you know, (laughs) I think there's things that we probably like started saying or doing in like 2005 that were still, 15 oh, yeah. years think, of the I same probably dumb joke. Ah, yep. We have all this time right now to write new material. <laughs> what are we doing? The favorites uh, never go away, you know? The classics yeah. never so, die. So what are some things that you have observed about Tony that we would <laughs> find like a, interesting? Like Once a, again, I'm putting you on the spot. Things that I've observed about Tony that, I, that you'd mm-hmm. find interesting. Mm-hmm. Or just any sort of gossip or background on Tony that we can use <laughs> to gently mock Oh, him. I would never I do know, that to know. my best friend. <laughs> oh, See that? That's yeah, a virtual high five. Which is <laughs> <laughs> you want to circle back around on that bathrobe thing and just be like, no, he definitely I got to find that photo of you. But he, he, that uh, sunburn, I mean – it was pretty severe. Also, we had like just been in the in the ocean, so like your hair was all crazy, and I think you were like drinking like a Corona. Yeah, like <laughs> just yeah. You were, like that was beach, our that was our first uh, shows yeah. in Hawaii. Yeah. Brian, what is your book that you have um, belittled? What is oh, it? you know, it was it, it was a book of. It's called 1800 Miles to Nowhere. It was a, a book of stories from tour and kind of like my stories from those parts of like, it went little chapters here and there, like back and forth to be like a story from tour. And then the next chapter would be something about my, what was going on in my personal life. And, um, yeah, that was in 2014 that I did that 2013. Yeah. 2013. How cool. Um, it was a small publisher in Chicago, uh, put it out. Uh, this guy, Chris Gutierrez, who now actually doesn't publish anything. He runs a cat cafe in Chicago called the cat Cade. I don't know if anybody follows like cat Instagram at all, but he's big on cat Instagram and it's just a very weird transition. This like punk rock dude with cats, you know, like whatever it's just like, but does he sell your book at his cat? No, cat I mean, cafe? Was, uh, he does yeah. not. And it's probably not appropriate for a cat cafe, but he also, I think, just stopped publishing or, you know, printing anything at all and, like, just recently gave me my last bit of money from any books that had sold. And it wasn't a very big run, but it was something that, like, at the time I was, I was you know, I was dating someone who, like, really pushed me. They were just like, you need to, you need to publish whatever you wrote. I write blogs and things, you know, and she, she was like, oh, you should really write and contact someone about it and – I did it and like I kind of like I'm I forget that I did it. I'm not like super It was it was just like all right, let me try this. I can write. Let me try it. Eh, I don't really love this. I'm not going to do it again. You know, some people just love the process you know of writing and they can just sit for hours like not me. I just don't have it in me. You know what's funny is when you told that story and you you said that the way that she pushed you. You said it in the tone of voice and the face as if like she was saying this super oh, annoying well, thing. It was, it was like, a, like, can you believe this crazy woman who was like, you should really like publish your well, stories. It, like, <laughs> well, that, that whole that whole other thing. It was just a whole other thing. Like, 
I just I, I don't have very good Perhaps memories of that person. So in other ways. I just like okay. I'm like ah, then I'm remembering like oh yeah, you're the one who told me to fucking write all this stuff and whatever. <laughs> get it published and like people bought it and I made some money off it. Ugh, so annoying. <laughs> no, but it's I mean, it was a di- it's just like I think of it as like a totally different part of my life and like I see it. I'm like looking over there's a bookshelf right over there and I'm like looking at it and I see it. It's in the bookshelf and I'm like I actually don't even remember half of what's in there. Like I, and it wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago. I mean, at this point I'm like, it was like a different person wrote that, you know, but whatever. Tony, was it a different person who wrote that? Well, uh, there definitely was no 90 day fiance talk in it. Um, (laughs) but, uh, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say that's, that's somewhat true. Cause I, I will also say that, uh, I feel like it, when Diaz moved to LA, I feel like you became way happier. Yeah, I mean, I was I was unhappy for uh, for quite a what, quite a while, like the few years before that. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of I was like a lot of weird things that were going on. I, New York was driving me crazy. Um, I started. I mean, I started to develop some pretty bad habits, like dr- like drugs and whatever. So like that all kind of went away. I just moved here and like things kind of shifted. And I was like, oh, like it's sunny out all the time and I can like see friends that I like out here more often. And I don't know. It was, it just like life changed when I moved here. And like, it, it, I did, I mean, I had a a little bit more than Renee has. I have (laughs) had like maybe like 10 or 12 (laughs) boxes worth of stuff, but it was like, I left, I literally left behind everything, like a lot of my physical belongings in New York. And I was like, screw it i'm just gonna start over and what feels what good about, right? what about new york was not working for i mean you? Just, i mean growing up there i just i guess i i got used to the kind of just being closed in and not having space and not mm-hmm. just having people on top of me all the time and then something at some point and just like snapped where i was like i don't want to i don't want to be around this anymore it's like I, I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't um, like going forward in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think now it's just like, oh, I, I I just had a I had opportunities to be out here music wise and whatever, like just creatively being in L.A. was better. Be close to your best be, friend. Be, be, and be my best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. What kind of drugs were you doing? Um, I was doing um, the kind that you smell. <laughs> I was, I was, I was really, yeah, <laughs> smelly drugs, yeah. <laughs> which I had no idea, and I, I literally found out from his book. Yeah. Oh and wow! That's yeah. why I lost so much weight, and then I gained it all back. <laughs> oh, I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, it's that thing where it's like um, we like to. It was like, oh, it's here. Uh, I'll do that. And then it just became more of like a, um, a, like a regular, it's like a, I don't know. It's a habit that <laughs> it's a bad habit. Like just like, Oh, we're going to go out. We need this. And people were like, yeah, we're not partying like that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to party like that. I don't care what you guys are doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then you were able to just, I move just, to LA yeah, and leave I, it behind. And I ask because, 
Oh, like in, um, I wish I could remember the term, but in the recovery community, there is a term for, it's like pulling a, I'm going to, I'm going to botch it. It's like pulling a locational mm. or pulling a location or a something, this idea that like, if you, like you forget that wherever you go, there you are. So this idea that you can just move and then people move thinking they're going to get a fresh start and then like all their problems come with them. I think, but yeah, I think cause like I, I'd like, I'd like to Pulling think geographical. that I just really <laughs> took thing. I just had to do things to a certain extreme and it, but it wasn't like a physical or mental thing for me. It was just kind of like, I just like doing this and I'm just going to do it all the time. And I'm like, fortunate enough that right now I have the money to do it. And it was kind of just really wasteful and mm-hmm. stupid. And I think I had, because of touring, I had a sort of delayed, uh, coming out of the, like, a, I just like acted like I was 20 years old all the time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm almost 40. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, and like, I, you know, I'm not saying I came out here and like right away I was like, that's it. No more. I don't do anything. And like, it was sort of like a soft landing to like where, Somewhere in 2014, I was like, eh, I don't really want to do any more cocaine. This is stupid. And I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, I mean, I will go drink beers and whatever, but like, I, drugs are, that's like a thing I was like, man, that's like, that's like old stuff. <laughs> but then I like read, I like read stuff yeah. and I'm like, I was a little too, maybe I was a little too open about this. That's weird. I also, smelled some things in in new york and um i that is like an uh, area of my life that i feel really ashamed about because it feels really it feels stupid and dangerous and very like not in line with my values i don't know that it's a value thing yeah i had dare in school so it's against my dare upbringing i had the shirt (laughs) and you know if my parents i wore it ironically while doing cocaine no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i just think maybe to say it's it's not in line with my values like that sound that's a that sounds more dramatic than what i mean but like it created a large amount of cognitive dissonance for me because i really didn't feel like it was an okay thing to do. So I just like compartmentalized, like I'm doing this thing over here and here's the rest of my life over here. Um, but yeah, I guess I think I feel shame about yeah, it. I mean, there was definitely like pe- like peaks to it where I'm like, Oh, like I'm on tour with this band. Like being in the, in, like in the industry I work in, it's kind of, it's just, it, I, I'm not saying it's like part of it, but it definitely, it's around, it's around. And it's, uh, like, more people are involved than you would think. And you're like, Oh, I'm like, well, that guy's cool with it. And this guy's cool with it. And she's cool with it. Like whatever. We're all cool with it. And then you go home and then you're like, Oh, like, yeah, I just spent the last like two months, like being party boy. And now I'm, I'm home and I'm like, well, like my other friends that I also, that also tour their home, let's party. And it's like kind of just never ends. And at some point I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is pretty dark. This is, need you just like need to turn this off because I don't know. It just, it just didn't feel good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this just right. feels terrible. Like now I feel terrible. If I like sleep too long, like, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> what well, it leads to, it can, it, this leads to like a really unhealthy, gross person. Well, it just puts you in, yeah. Of like, it will put you in dangerous night. 
situation or just like situations where you wouldn't want to like you you end up around or rather I know there were nights where I ended up around people that I never would have been hanging out with otherwise. I feel like I just mm-hmm. I like I just had this conversation with someone recently because it was about someone else but they were you know they were saying how like uh, like yeah just like hanging around with people and like why the fuck were they hanging out with that per like what why did these two people that I'm like oh they were hanging out because <laughs> yeah. drugs so okay and then it's like right what yeah like, right all that stuff like now like think of I like feel so foreign you know it's just like every, any like habit that I've quit feels incredibly foreign to me like and Tony knows like he like I was a smoker for mm. I mean I smoked from when I was like 15 until I was like in, you know in my 30s I when did I quit like 2012 I quit and now just the idea of even like holding I don't even know if I could hold a cigarette right now and feel like be like, what is this thing in my hand? You know, it's so strange. Like how that all it takes is like just not doing it. And you're like, oh yeah, that really unnatural thing that you were doing. It's unnatural. Stop doing it. Stupid. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody here yeah. is a smoker. I know Tony smokes about a carton a day. So. <laughs> couple, couple of cartons a day. Yeah. <laughs> Two or three. Yeah. I'm actually smoking right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I used to, I bought it. I used to smoke. Um, I don't think I knew and that. And I've finding out a lot this, about you. What did you say, Tony? <laughs> oh, I said I don't think I know. I'm learning about everybody today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this came up on the show years ago. In college, my friend was like, and she was a friend of mine, even though this sounds like such a harsh thing to say. She's like, "Why do you even smoke? You don't even look cool when you smoke." <laughs> the only reason to smoke is because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, she, I think she was kind of like. As a friend, I'm telling you, like, you could give it up because it's not doing it's not making you cooler. (laughs) And so then I think that I did look at myself in the mirror or something, and I was like, she's right. Like every time I smoked, I looked like I was doing it for the first time. I never learned how to look cool. The thing that made me quit. (laughs) Did you do with two hands? (laughs) (laughs) I actually I quit on tour in Europe. I was in Germany. This is like the the smokiest place ever in Europe. Just like everyone's just, <laughs> just smoking around me. And I'm like, I just kind of like stopped. And it was right when like um, like vape pens became like a thing. Like just like the disposable, like oh. the ones that look like cigarettes that like lit yeah. up at the end, you know. I'm like – and they were selling them. I'm right. like in, in France or Germany. I was in Germany when I quit. I, in France, I got one. And I'm like – you know, everyone, I'm, I'm, there's a few people on the tour that were doing it. We're all like kind of walking around with our little vape pens. And I <laughs> FaceTimed someone at home and I saw myself with the vape pen <laughs> and I saw the little blue light. And I was like, they I was like, I look so like fucking stupid. Robocop right now <laughs> smoking. I was like, I am now I am done for good <laughs> like this i'm like this looks dumber than smoking right now and it tasted <laughs> super weird it was just all weird mm. so it was not enjoyable in the way that smoking potentially was. yeah it was just like and it, it was like a thing i was like hey they're doing it hey look at us we're vaping and i thank thank god <laughs> thank god we got i got over vaping in 2012 i do wonder how i will handle all of this with my kids because without giving it a ton of foresight, I've clearly, like, if they want to go find proof of 
But you did it, Mom. Like they could they could listen to this episode. Although I feel like by the time they're of the age where they're considering it, this will be buried way in the back catalog. Um, <laughs> but still, you know, I am going to have to deal with a little bit of like I feel like you shouldn't do all these things. They're unhealthy. And yet I did make these mistakes. But then also like a certain amount of experimentation is going to happen regardless. I don't know. Yeah. And healthy. And I would bet the same reasons that you feel that it didn't align with you is because somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, my parents <laughs> wouldn't approve of this. Maybe. Oh, I feel maybe. like that's no, I feel like that's the uh, the main thing. The main so thing that'll... is that like, I, I feel like I was, <laughs> I was disappointing them with my behavior, even though they didn't know about it. Right. So that'll happen to your kids too. They will, maybe they'll probably try it, but then they'll ultimately be like, I bet mom wouldn't love this. And then, and then they won't get crazy or they will. And then we'll also come back. from that. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You guys, this has been so much fun. Um, I would like to say hello and welcome to the new Patreon subscribers, Jay, Paige, Colleen, Alana, Maggie, Ron, Tiffany, and Andrea. Hello. Um, Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen for all the stuff. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm also on Cameo. And, Cameo. Uh, <laughs> we do. We need one of those. <laughs> Um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. If you like what you're hearing, please. And I meant to say this at the top because I just heard someone talking about how they think it's more effective if you say it at the top. But um, if you'd like what you're hearing, please review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and rate and download and tell your friends. Thank you so much for all of your great uh, reviews. That helps out the show so much. Uh, Renee, where do we find you? Yes, uh, I am on Instagram, Renee S. Culvert. It is a lot of me trying to be a better white ally right now and failing, but I'm trying that we're learning. Uh, and, uh, and then I have a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? If you like dogs and you want to hear more about Tugboat, that's where you go. Tony? Oh, I'm second build today. I know. Uh, I'm just going around, <laughs> going around the screen, the uh, Zoom screen. Uh, I'm at Tony Thaxton, Twitter and Instagram. My podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And uh, yeah, same, same as Renee. And, and I'll just say, hey, donate to some worthy causes right now. Like mm-hmm. reca- Reclaim the Block and Black Lives Matter and different chapters of that. And yeah, that's just that's a couple that I've donated to. So I'll suggest you do the same. I'm going to donate some proceeds from this show. Nice. Great. Thank you. I will. Uh, And Brian. Oh, sorry. I should tell you what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where can we find you? Plug anything you'd like to plug, et cetera. Um, You can find me at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Brian Keith Diaz. Although Twitter is not as fun right now. used to be fun and funny, but now it's very serious. Um, And... uh, I have my photo site is briandiazphoto.com. Um, there are photos that are there that are I'm donating proceeds to Black Lives Matter. What's the what's the one that you, Tony said? Reclaim the block. I think I uh, need to look into that. Yeah. I just like I want to kind of spread it out. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. So just Instagram, Brian Keith Diaz. And from there, you can find everything else. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I should donate to Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter LA, NAACP. Like, I don't know which one. But then I've seen people have those, like, it's on Act Blue where it'll take, it'll, you can sort of designate, like, a bunch of charities. Mm -hmm. There's probably no wrong way to donate. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever feels right, you Mm -hmm. know, and they're all going to causes, I think, that are, 
you know, they're worthy Boy causes. Yeah. Right. That's and what's really great is that this is going to go on for a bit. So every week we can, we can pick a new <laughs> one. We can. I will say, um, that I, and now with the awareness that like, um, my struggle and what I'm trying to figure out is, is very much beside it's, it's uh, a big part of this show, but it's very much beside the point of all this stuff that we're talking about with the protests. So forgive me for just a little bit getting meta for a second. Um, you know, <clears throat> when these protests broke out, I, uh, and and I, my heart is very much with the protest, protesters and I'm very like horrified by what's happening and all of that stuff. And I was like, well, this is a weird time to be doing a usually lighthearted, but also sort of like honest, but at the same time, generally lighthearted show. I do, as a white woman, I don't quite know what to do right now um, because I don't want to be tone deaf, but I also don't know know that any what anyone's looking for from me is like an hour about this um this show uh this thursday show i feel like has been a little more on the light side but if but i don't want people to think that like i'm not talking about it or we're not all thinking about it um on the monday show daniel and i did spend more time talking about it but again it wasn't what the show is exclusively about but we we did talk about it more so if you're like i would like to hear more discussion of real things uh from you allison i say thank you uh listen to the monday show yeah i listened it's great you guys did a good job thank you <laughs> what'd you think of the editing uh, I was gonna say. Do you feel Who like the editor? editing was actually like the third personality on that show? Honestly, yes. Yeah. Once uh, podcasts go into the Emmys, and that's coming, I feel like some nominations are on your way. And if a 59 year old woman thinks hey. it's that good. And we're, we're speaking to the youth. Um, thank you. Thank you guys so much. Stick around so we can take a screenshot. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. 